Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate, as well as my Instagram page, Clutch Figures. All right, and today we're going to be talking about Minute 50 of Man of Steel. Uh, it starts with uh, Kalo asking a very important question. He says, why am I so different from them? And then it ends with Superman laughing. It's a very happy moment for him. Maniacal? No. Just. This <laughs> yeah, is, he's laughing. He's, people don't he's... get to see this much of uh, the Superman in this universe because usually he's not so happy. Yeah, he's just... a very closed off individual. Um so yeah, it's it's uh, we've got it in, in previous minutes where he's you know learning the history of him and all this stuff, and now he's actually exploring not even the full extent of his powers at the end of the minute, but he's experiencing one of the most iconic uh, forms of it. And it's if you put yourself in his, his shoes, I'm sure you'd be giggling and smiling from yeah cheek to cheek. It's not cheesing. It's not the the leaping or the flying that's to me that's not why he's happy it's the weight of all this revelation yeah finding out who you are finding out your past finding out what you can do like the future now like we're talking not only about the past but now his future and like he's starting to feel like he belongs somewhere he's starting to feel like like he has a purpose yeah so it's a very uh, existential moment for him, that uh, a positive one. So he's, you know, discovering himself and uh, what he wants to do and what he aspires to be, which is important to note because mm-hmm. most of the time we're thinking about who, you know, we want to aspire to be Superman, but who, what, you know, who does Superman aspire to be? Well, he aspires to be humans. A good human. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. he aspires to be uh, Lois Lane's vision of a human being. Mm -hmm. And Bruce's, I want to say, if you take out the dark and brooding, but at the core of it, Batman still wants to be, and he still is, a good guy, a guy that's after justice. So so Superman has always enjoyed that aspect of of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, Um, definitely. This is a, a very beautiful minute uh there's not much uh to talk about in terms of dialogue or or exposition Mm -mm. uh, except for the whole uh you know he does ask like why am i so different from them uh and you know joros tells him basically gives us the rundown it's this is our moment to understand how he got like how he gets his powers the yeah uh, younger son, the radiation drinking it into your cells um the gravity is weaker but it allows for you to soak up more of the sun's radiation, I mm-hmm. guess. And Atmosphere is more nourishing, yada, mm-hmm. yada. It's one of, um, I mean, Superman's powers and his abilities didn't stem from scientific studies uh, until a little bit later on in the character uh, introduction and everything like that. So this is, again, a callback to how science can explain his powers. Because before it was just like... Um, even in the earliest incarnation of uh, the Superman, which wasn't even Clark Kent, Kal-El, anything, it was the the telekinetic being, they tried to explain those powers by using telekinesis and all this stuff, and um, which I believe Marvel Comics did it as well with their adaptation of the Gladiator, which was just a ripoff of Mm -hmm. Superman and all that stuff. But yeah, it's um, science plays into... 
a, a, a big aspect of, of his abilities, and this is where the explanation is. I, I thank God, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, like, it's a good thing. I enjoy this, and um, it's just really cool to see how the leaping turns into flying and and like to see that pro- to pro- uh, progression yeah if you will. this is like the the whole this scene itself this whole minute is actually i think it's it's supposed to and the filmmakers i i think that they knew what they were doing but this is like years of the character summed up into one minute and um you know when when superman first came out in action comics he wasn't able to fly he wasn't able to fly until it was a fluke. He was never able to fly with, you know, the first creation of him and the first ideas of him. He was never able to fly. It's the famous line in action comics where he's able to, to leap entire buildings with a single bound. You know, he can he can jump, uh, what is it, one-eighth one of 100 miles or something. It's pretty much 700 feet is what he can jump. So this is, this is first of him seeing that leaping, what, you know, we were first introduced to the character way back when um, that he can leap. This is him leaping. This is him leaping. And what the filmmakers did was they turned that leaping into flying, which is a callback to what the um, Fleischer film series did with their first ever animated adaptation of the character. Um, They thought that the leaping didn't translate well. Um, It looked good on comic panels it looked like he was just jumping into action but then when you made it to animation he was just constantly jumping and jumping and jumping where it was just you had to have you know shots of him flying suspended in the air and then landing and then suspended and then landing well why not take out that middle ground and that's what led them to give him the power of flight and um and all that jazz but yeah that was what um uh, the Fleischner films did way back when in the 40s, and then they didn't adopt the flight into action comics until, I believe it was number 65, which was in 1943, so after the animated films that came out. The whole leaping thing sounds like it doesn't, it's neither faster than flying or faster than just running, so why even leap? It was, well, <laughs> what they did, yeah, um, you kind of, the basis of the character was called back to anatomy of of animals that we saw on earth uh his strength was uh, a callback to to ants when they can you know lift massive amounts of of weight above their own weight um and the leaping was a call to grasshoppers where grasshoppers can essentially jump you know a few feet which is you know miles of blocks if, if you were to put it into a city form um for grasshoppers so it's almost like these things look like they have supernatural abilities maybe we should have this character that does have these supernatural abilities let's let's fine-tune them and let's let's pick and choose what we want to have this single embodiment of of a character hmm um but yeah like like before uh even yeah even before it was just like the flesh and films just realized that the leaping looked god-awful in animation so they were like you know they went to to um jerry siegel and joel schuster and was like hey can we make him fly? And then that sent up massive red flags in their minds. They were like, okay, well, where does his flight come from? And that called back to old books, you know, old scripture of, you know, medieval times where they would see ghostly apparitions flying. They always seem to have a power of levitation. 
So they thought that the character, maybe he shouldn't fly, maybe he should just have levitation powers, which turned into hovering, which turned into him, you know, getting from one place to the to another, which is all these calls back, you know, to, to Icarus with his artificial wings and with Hermes with the sandals that he was able to use. But um, and then another big thing was was the character Namor that came out. Namor was able to fly, but it was always thought that his flight, much like how the Disney adaptation of Hermes, it came from his shoes that he has little wings on it. And it was a call to, you know, other godly beings that endowed him with these powers. So, again, uh, Schuster and, and, and um, Jerry Siegel didn't, didn't want that. They wanted this character to have a reason for his abilities. And that's when they came up with, we don't see it in this minute, but we get it a little bit later on, with the manipulation of gravity. And he has this whole field around him that he can manipulate that with. Um, so yeah, the whole like the, this scene is is actually really, it should hit home for a lot of people, but it almost it's overlooked, especially because it's just a really cool scene with him jumping and then oh he gets to fly, that's awesome. Well, you really have to know the lore of the character and and what he came from, and this is actually just pretty much a retelling of it. You know, we see that he's jumping, we see that he's he's jumping over these these mountains, and it, and it looks really cool, but if you slow it down, it probably looks really silly. So maybe we should just let him fly. So and that's how he learned to fly. And it was almost, you know, it, it calls back to the beginning of the minute where uh, Jordan tells him to keep testing your limits. And it's exactly what the creators did and exactly what Fleischner did um, with the the animated short films. He kept testing the limits of the character. Damn. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I I mean, but they, do, they still do a good job of making the leaping visually stunning. Still. Yeah, now it works. It works fine. But, you know, in the 40s when they were having these animated shorts and then, you know, later on when you had the black and white Superman film and everything like that, it, it still looked silly. Um, well, it doesn't work for this character, um, but it works for... Because the leaping seems a little brutish, so, I mean, it works for the Hulk in the Avenger films and, yeah. and whatnot. Um, it just... For a person like Superman who's so powerful, it, it doesn't make sense for a character to be like, well, I have to leap a couple times to catch up to that guy. Uh, so, you know, if you just fly or you run, like, you get there quicker. Exactly. So, you know. I mean, that, he even had super speed. Not even super speed. Yo, he hold was, up. Yeah. Uh, wait for me to get there, okay? I just got to. I just got to leap I got four times. more leaps yeah. and then I'll be right there. Yeah. So. it's 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 almost... It's 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 kind of silly, but at the same time, it it's almost like it was needed and it was necessary, especially for the evolution of the character. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think this is exactly this scene itself is exactly what we're seeing. We are seeing a definite a definitive evolution of this character. Um, the moment he walks out of the fortress of solitude scout ship uh, until the very end of this minute, where he has the, that realization dawns on him. It's it's a complete evolution. It's a, it's a, it's a game changer. No, yeah, I mean, I always knew that, like, this was kind of, like, the nod to the leaping. Yeah. But seeing it as, like, a, basically, this is a summarization of the development of the character in publication. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cool, I'm on board. Uh, You know, it's, I dig it, and it's cool, and I like the way that they shot it, and I love the way that they, you know, went about, like, storyboarding this sequence right here, because this is leading up to a highlight but for me the whole you know this whole 10 minute chunk is is great but the flight is for most people like the greatest part of the film yeah 
the music and all that. And like, we're starting to hear the music right here or we started hearing it in the last minute as well. Um, but this is leading into probably the most exciting part of this film. Yeah. It's, it's uh, arguably. Yeah. And one of his most exciting powers. I mean, now that you think about it, when you think about Superman, you automatically think, okay, he flies through the air. So what is the one superpower that he has to have first and yeah, foremost? Of, of course, which is flight. And that's something that was done way early on that, you know, you can't just have him jump from building to building. You can't just have him, you know, r- even when you run as fast as a speeding train, which is what he originally was, it's still almost like you can't get there in time. Yeah, at, at that moment in, in the 30s and the 40s, it was seen as, you know, otherworldly, inhumanly impossible, humanly impossible, whatever that word is. But, um, uh, but yeah, it's like you, you need to have him able to get somewhere quicker and you, you got to explain it by science in this universe, especially. Yeah, especially if you want a, a really grounded Superman story. Yeah. So, no, it's a, it's awesome and... This is something that we as humans want to do. Fly? Yeah. This whole this we want to do this. Yeah. Like we want to go to another planet that's got a younger sun and weaker gravity and we want to be able to fly because it's a sense of control. It's like we're um that's one thing we can't do is fly, which really bothers us because it's something we can't do. So if you said, "Hey, you can, you have the ability to fly," you're like, "Yes, I can defy gravity. I can break gravity. I can manipulate it, and I don't have to let it uh, control me or keep me on the ground." Like, abide by the rules. Yeah, this is, this is, uh, we're breaking, breaking the laws of physics, and that's what we as humans want to do. Yeah, it's a control thing. Um, so I mean, but. That's all I got about that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, if you want to go into like characters and stuff on, on, on a little bit of a tangent, um, there are books where Lex Luthor is able to fly, especially later on in the Rebirth universe where he becomes Metropolis' Superman. He has a power suit. He can fly. Uh, and it was always under the understanding that Lex Luthor didn't like Kryptonians, especially Superman, because they had capabilities that Lex couldn't possess. But then once you give that character the possession of flight, especially, does it change his mind on the entire situation uh, and on the entire character and, and Superman as a whole? We do see that in this Rebirth universe at the end of the New 52, Lex Luthor's mindset on Superman has completely changed. And I think that wasn't until, I mean, Jeff Johns introduced him as the... Uh, protagonist for the forever evil plotline where it, it set aside all of the preconceived notion of Lex Luthor, um, you know, hating Superman and, and being against the justice league where he formed his own league. And then you kind of give him this power and you give him these abilities that he thought he was never able to possess. It changed the character and it's supposed to change how we view the character. Yeah. And I don't see why it wouldn't. So know? if you relate it to us, if you were endowed with the ability to fly, would that change you as a person? Absolutely. Would it just not be something that you can just do fun and get to school and, and work quicker? Of course it would. Yeah. It changes everything. Every, like, you can pick any of these superpowers and just give one person one of it, and it changes you. Um, for better or for worse? Yeah, exactly. That's probably 
most important part mm-hmm. uh or maybe just becoming a metahuman at all it will change you yeah like you could always be that guy who wants to say like oh well if i had you know a billion dollars and wayne tech and or if i had super speed and i could change timelines or if i was wonder woman or if i was green lantern i can construct anything with a power ring no like you have to understand that as soon as that happens to you you're going to be a different person yeah absolutely uh whether you realize it or not i guess is another key thing Mm -hmm. like you're not going to notice that your uh mentality has changed or something like that uh because how you think of yourself with meta powers and whatnot like how you think you're going to be is a fantasized and glorified version of and no one no one imagines a realistic version of themselves with superpowers no everything is like i imagine myself with like with the abilities that batman has that i'm gonna be like batman you're never gonna be like batman you're never gonna be like superman uh you're just gonna be you know a realistic version of yourself with with powers and you can't predict that Mm-hmm. so it's interesting it's interesting to see and and like going back to what's going on is superman here is starting to realize his purpose yeah so maybe we can bring it in bring it back in that way because uh this whole thing has changed him again yeah. like well, going back to what we said in, in the last couple of minutes like he has been reborn yeah as a person um so yeah I'm, I'm digging it absolutely especially when you're gifted this ability that you know and it's it, jor-el didn't even tell him like hey you know you could probably fly it was just hey keep testing your abilities he found out that he could fly and do all these things on his own so like that should just change him in general well, he like, says he, like uh keep testing your limits yeah so I just uh But like what what if if you had those abilities and you didn't even think about flight like keep testing your limits would would that even come into a thought process would what? you even try to be like well maybe I could try to fly I'd like to imagine Jorel being like yo you could probably fly and he's like out there with a clipboard like why don't you jump around a little bit more <laughs> cuz he's like a scientist so he's yeah. like yo hey why don't yeah. you go jump around can you fly what just jump higher this time but, yeah. but like arc your back a bit when you get up there when you reach the peak bend your knees bend your knees (laughs) yeah uh okay well he went uh 700 feet that time uh (laughs) yeah yeah is that the point can he does he stop at 700 feet it looks like it looks like you're stopping at 700 man right right before he let him go out the door he was like yo you could probably fly though (laughs) (laughs) despite everything i just said hey come over here you know you know you could probably fly before you leave can can you just jump for me <laughs> see one jump. You see those mountains over there? Yeah, just <laughs> go ahead and destroy them. Do what you do, man. But yeah, it's it's um, this is a, a definitely definitely the part of the story where Clark Cal is coming into himself, and it's and it's all that self realization. Um, arguably the point of the film where he tries to be a greater force of good after he knows that he has these abilities and that he can always keep testing his limits, at what point do you stop? Yeah, I mean, we don't know if, you know, he just flew around the planet and was like, oh, call yep, it Yep, that's day. it. No, but I mean, it almost, I like to think about it, if, if you, we skip ahead a movie in Dawn of Justice, um, 
when you first see the whole altercation between Batman and Superman, the kryptonite plays a big aspect in it. And when it comes around him, he's extremely weak. And, you know, when the spear goes in the water, he dives down to pick it up and he floats up like a dead man until Lois throws it away where he can, you know, collect himself. He then picks up the spear and is flying with the spear with that kryptonite so close to him that in, you know, a few minutes ago, it was like it was his death and he couldn't do anything. He couldn't breathe. He couldn't walk. He couldn't see straight. But then again, goes back. He tested his limits he picked that spear up and started flying with it the world engine in this film yeah absolutely the world engine like that cloud around him is supposed to be you know depowering him the gravity that he's under is supposed to be so much greater that he can't even move and again he defies those limits but see like that's it it just begs a question this universe especially at what point will he stop and is that stopping point going to be the quintessential Superman that these fans want? It's not what I want. Well, that's <laughs> just with everything we've said this week, it's it's so hard. I've almost gotten like you can't say quintessential Superman anymore because now you're. Yeah, now you're just. Yeah, yeah. Cause after, yeah, because yeah, now it's like, are, are we damning the character? Are we. Yeah, we are. That's why I'm so, I'm so against the, you know, the classic version of him I, I i like the learning superman i like i like the young i like the you know he makes mistakes and he learns from them i That's like the him. important part is that this guy makes mistakes because he wants to do the right thing yeah well and i'm not saying that he always has to make mistakes like but it's nice to show someone who just wants to do the right thing yeah and showing that sometimes there's consequences but you can still want to do the right thing you should always be wanting to do the right thing mm-hmm um that's so important i think the the trying is more important than the the doing like because if he did just save everyone and like did all made all the right choice like where's the the weight of it all yeah and then you just get to someone else calling for your help and then someone else calling for your help and then someone else calling for your help and then you get used to oh superman will save me uh, Superman will just come down and save us, like that whole thing where it's like it's it's almost expected of the character, where we need to break away from that now. Um, you know, he he's going to try to save you. He's going to try to do the right thing. Is it always going to work out? We don't know, and I don't think we should know. It should just be like that limbo area where you cry out and you don't know if he's going to answer your call, and if he does, and if he attempts to then that's great that's excellent but if he doesn't you you shouldn't expect him and you shouldn't damn the character for for not saving you because at least he tried yeah of course he wants to mm-hmm. um yeah man he doesn't owe, owe, owe this world a thing <laughs> no he does not no he does um, not but yeah we we want him to do stuff for us and like we expect it Mm-hmm. that's such a crazy thought to like just demand that a character and a superhero has got to be a certain way and you know bend the knee to your will or something it's, it's but it's like it's superman why you man back off he's just yeah. trying to do his thing exactly if he wanted to he can burn this whole place down and we wouldn't be able to do a damn thing about it yeah exactly you know <laughs> pulling quotes left and right here but... uh, i'm the king of it man <laughs> It's just, 
just be happy with the character who wants to do the right thing more than like trying to make sure that the character does do the right thing like at least he wants to yeah that's most important absolutely like because otherwise then we just have a superman who's just like well i gotta make sure everyone's okay so everyone's just gonna have curfews and Mm -hmm. everyone's gonna like no one's allowed to drive cars anymore they're just gotta like be on automated systems and you know it's like and that's when you take away the 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 freedom the freedom and and the the choice that's not cool no that's not what people want it's really not what people want it's not it's but it's something that they i don't know they want they're asking for the wrong thing and then when they get it they're gonna realize that that's not what they wanted Mm -hmm. but by then it's too late absolutely that's yeah that's that's the case in life man (laughs) (laughs) escape from freedom eric Fromm, read it there you go (laughs) uh anything else for this minute no that's all i got it was pretty quick setting over with it's just a good scene we'll have more about the flight um next week in of you know a very iconic moment yeah uh, if you love what you hear, don't forget to rate, subscribe, do all that jazz. You can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute. And we'll catch you guys next week here on DC Cinematic Minute.